Well, again, I mentioned a moment ago that we're in a series of lessons called Revive Us. And there is a word that's being uh, talked about all over. If you haven't heard too, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you're tuned into that, is that in, in Ohio, I believe it is, at Asbury Methodist University, revival's broken out. And so they've actually had, I don't know, 60, 75 hours of straight, they, they had a chapel service, and they started chapel at the Bible, this Christian school, and nobody left. And they kept, they kept worshiping God, and they've been going on for like 60 or 72 hours or something now. So come on, and they're, they're like, they were like, this is a Methodist school. Come on, everybody. Come on, come on, come on, baby. This, this is a Methodist school. So God is moving everywhere, and, and, and as people have been pry, you know, crying out and praying for revival, how many know God's hearing our prayers? Come on, everybody. He's hearing our prayers. And so we actually talked about last week that, that during the time of Haggai and Zechariah the prophet that, that they were needing revival. They were, they were in a bad situation. They were rebuilding the temple, if you were with us or online listened. And, and the temple stopped, the work of the temple stopped because all what was going on around and the culture around, they made them stop. They, they, they were disheartened, they were discouraged, we, we talked about. They became disinterested, and, and man, the pressure, the pressure was growing. They became dissatisfied with where they were at and where the building was. And, and so God would constantly bring a prophetic voice into the nation of Israel to get them back on track. But we found out something that God showed Zechariah the prophet, and he said, listen, you need to get close to, and you need to make sure you're full of oil. Full of oil. We, we talked about that, that golden lamp stand, and it had a bowl, a golden bowl over the top, and it was full of oil, and there were these different funnels that went down to keep the, the candles. To, uh, of course, we know there was no electric lights. They, they, were, they, they were, you know, wicks with oil and they would burn and if the oil went out the wick went out the light went out and so we know that symbolically for the believer for you and me to navigate these times that we're in in all times whether they're good times or bad times or troubling times we need to make sure we're full of the oil of the Holy Spirit the scripture tells us to be filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the scripture talks about the, the similitude and the likeness of just oil. Come on, when you got the Holy Spirit in your life, things just work. And thank God every believer has the Holy Spirit. But let me encourage you, I believe you can have the Holy Spirit in, in this way. Not that you have a lesser measure of the Holy Spirit, but you're not aware as much of the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe not submitted as much to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I want to encourage you every day as you spend time with God, as you come into the, your quiet time, your secret place like we talked about in prayer back in January, that you are being filled and filled again with the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it, sometimes it's not even a knowing. Just like, I don't know about you, but when I go to the gas station and my car is on empty, I don't know it's full until I look when I get back in my car. I can't tell if, of course, it's the pump stops, and, and, but I can't actually go in my tank and go, well, there's, there's 15 gallons in there. there. There's just things in our life that you don't know what you get when you're with God. Come on, everybody. But you do know when pressure comes and you don't bow into the pressure or, or, or you get a God thought or, or God gets you out of a dark spot, you know, come on, I got some oil in my life. God's with me. Come on, everybody. God's with me. What we're going to do today is we're going to read Matthew chapter 24 where Jesus actually talks about time a couple thousand years ago that, that he was living in. 
and, and how pertinent it is for our day. We're going to wind up going over to an Old Testament, a few scriptures in 2 Chronicles 15. We're going to come back to Romans chapter 1. Come on, we just like to read the Bible, everybody. And we're going to see the condition that was going on thousands of years ago is pretty much still the condition today. Because people are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just like God's the same, yesterday doesn't change today and forever. People are pretty much the same. So let's read what Jesus was saying about a time that he was living in and look towards this end time, what was going to be going on before he comes back, because it was happening then and it's happening now. And then let's come up and we'll, we'll, we'll tie this whole thing together and we're going to come up with some great stuff at the end. Is that sound all right, everybody? Come on, poke your neighbor and say, let's go, let's go, let's go. Matthew chapter 24, we won't read it all, but let's start in verse, in verse 10. Check it out. At that time, what time? End times, things that are going on, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end come on, read it with me, will be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Come on, read those words in yellow. Then the end will come. Won't come until that. Won't come until that. We just won't come until that. So, so we, we know the gospel needs to be preached in Turkey where there's 99.9% Muslims. The, the gospel needs to go all in that 1040 window where there's more unsaved people in that 1040 you know, longitude, latitude window than anywhere else in the world along that band. So the gospel has to go into regions where it's dark, where people have an opportunity to hear and to know about the gospel. Now, now notice what Jesus said here, that there's four things that he says that people, people are going are, are gonna to be, what, what, what's going to be happening with, with, with the, the society at this time. He says, number one, people are going to turn away from the faith. People will turn away from the faith. And we've said this for several weeks. We've said it maybe for a year now or so about this word deconstruction, that there has been people that were constructed in the truths of the word of God but now have been deconstructed. Their house has been rocked. If, if we, we could say it symbolically, that they've experienced an earthquake of COVID, an earthquake of government change, political change, all kinds of you know, ethnic divides and all kinds of things that's happened in our society and the world. And, and, and people have turned away from the faith. Uh, turned away from the, the, the foundation of the beliefs that they once held as a child, as a youth, even, even those in the church leading others, where now they have, they have turned away from trusting the authority of the Word of God. Um, we, we're seeing the foundation of people's faith shaken and, and again, turning, not just shaken, but shaken off like a, like a, a fruit on a tree. And they've just, the, the branch has been shaken so violently that now they have left staying vitally connected to the vine. And they've, they've gone away. They, we, we would say just like Moses led the nation of Israel through the Exodus, 
that, that many, many people have had an exodus of their faith with Christ. That's what he says. They've turned away from the faith. Uh, then Jesus said they'll betray each other. They'll betray each other. I, I'm hearing stuff constantly still today of what's gone on in the last almost three years as we know that now people are that once had strong friends Christian friends that now they've turned on a friend <laughs> they've betrayed them they, 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 they betrayed uh, what, what we're seeing now is what I term I don't know if I read it somewhere but I turn just throw away relationships Years of building relationships with people, years of connecting with people in spiritual relationships, and now because of the climate going on in the world, the spiritual climate, they just throw away those relationships. Uh, can I say this? If everybody around you agrees with everything that you agree with, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe you need to have a couple of people that just push your buttons a little bit. But where you don't betray them, you might open up your heart and listen to them. Uh, Jesus said then that they're going to hate one another. That, that, that's something else that's, going, that's gone on. No, notice the, protect, uh, the progression it is that they turn away from the faith. They betray one another. And we're not just betraying. We're just flat out hating one another. Uh, not only ha hating one another because they hate what one another stands for. Where they used to be standing together against a certain thing, against a certain belief, now because of the pressure, now because of the culture, now because of what's going on, the darkness in the world, now they're betraying one another, now they're hating one another, hating what they stand for, hating, can I say it this way, hating who they voted for, whatever that is, hating now the agenda, and, 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 and we're seeing this more and more, not just disagreeing, but hating, hating. Then Jesus says, lastly, people are going to just be deceived. Just be deceived. The, the, the spirit of the world, the, 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 the culture, the, the worldliness. Uh, we know from Ephesians chapter 6, we read a couple weeks ago about principalities and powers and wickedness in heavenly places, this spiritual realm that is manipulating unwilling or un, um, un uncertain people in our generation and every generation that don't know who they are in Christ and listening to the sway of the world, Jesus says here, people are going to be deceived. And then he, he tells us, we just read it, he said this, because of, how, do, how is this happening? And he says, because of the wickedness. He said, because of the wickedness that's going on in culture, because of demonic influence going on in our world, he says many, this translation said, most of the people, most of the people, most, many, this translation, most of the people, their hearts are going to go cold. They're going to grow cold. Cold isn't, isn't all of a sudden you're hot and then you're cold. You grow cold. The only way you grow cold Let's go back to what we talked about last week. Your oil is drying up. If you make sure you're staying full of oil, you won't grow cold. Can I get an amen? And Jesus said, our stance, he said here, you have to stand firm until the end. Stand firm until the end. Why? Because everything is being shaken. It's not just with kids. It's not just with the youth. Everything is being shaken. Um, 
we went on a cruise, uh, one of the first cruises that we went on, left out of San Diego, went down south to the Baja. And, and I remember when I got on that cruise ship and um, uh, it, we started hitting a little bit of waves. And, come on, what do, you, what do you do when you hit, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, baby, I got to grab a wall. Everything's shaking, right? You've got to have something in your life that holds you firm when everything's shaking. It can't just be a friend. Thank God for a friend. It can't just be, you know, what society's believing. We've got to have a firm foundation in what Jesus Christ has said, the foundation that never, never changes. So Jesus says, and he finishes this whole discourse that, we re- that we're reading here, what, what, what should be, our, what should be our, 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 our focus? What should we do now in this time that we're in as believers who haven't been shaken off the tree, as believers who trust Jesus Christ, as believers who are navigating all the difficulty, the betrayal, the hating, navigating all the stuff that's going on? What should we do? He tells us, preach the gospel. That's what we do. Preach the gospel, the good news of salvation. This is our stance constantly. This is what we do in good times, challenging times. We need to be people that say we are going to consistently preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he still saves. Come on, everybody. Heaven's still our home. Come on, everybody. He still, he still forgives. He still changes people's lives. He will restore and renew anyone who comes to him. Preach the good news of the gospel. Come on. It's good news. Come on, everybody. Yeah. It's good news. So let's go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 15, and let's look at what was going on in the culture then, and, and, and let's make some, some similitudes, if you will, concerning what's going on in our world as well. And then we'll look at, in the middle of it all, we'll look at some stuff that's going on in Romans chapter 1. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 5, notice what this says. In those days, in those days, it was not safe to travel about. Well, in the last three years, uh, this has been so with us. I don't know about you, but there, there has been an increasing awareness in a lot of people's minds. I don't want to go to that certain city. I don't want to go to that certain area because it, it's just not safe any longer. It's happening. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. Everybody was in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another. Uh, Sounds kind of like what's going on right now, and it's happened all the time, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. One nation being crushed by another. One city by another. The scripture says here, it just wasn't safe to travel. People feeling like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go on vacation. I don't know if I want to go where I used to go. It's just different now. It just feels different. It feels like the the wickedness maybe in a darkness in a certain place has kind of creeped like a spider out of its little dark hole and it's gone in different areas. It seems like it's everywhere. It seems like there were certain cities that always had certain problems, but those certain problems seem like they're in every city. It's just different. But it says here, one nation was being crushed by another. One nation crushed by another. One city by another. 
Why was this going on? What, what was going Was it just a, a hostile takeover? Was it, was it Russia against Ukraine? Was it, what, what was going on there? What's going on now? Well, verse 6 goes on and says this, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. God was troubling them with every kind of distress, every kind of adversity, every kind of unrest. God was troubling them. Listen, if God is your problem and God is troubling you, you're in trouble. And can I tell you, our nation and the world is in trouble. Um, let's backpedal just a second before we get some momentum again. Um, what we know from Scripture is that the wrath of God has been fully satisfied in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, the wrath of God against any man or any woman uh, that, that now that has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the wrath of God is fully satisfied. There is no wrath for the believer. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But listen to me. There's still judgment that happens in the world. There's still judgment that happens in the world. So God's judgment, I, this is where I see from Scripture, and I've got a lot of people that push back and don't agree with this, so if you're one of those, it's okay. Don't send me an email. Don't hate on me. Don't betray me. We're all friends up in here. God's judgment on a nation, listen to me, doesn't mean that there's God's judgment on believers. God's judgment on a nation does not mean there's judgment on believers. Everyone in a nation is going to be affected, but here's what I believe. God's people are going to be protected. Um, since we live in a nation that has decided to turn away from God, and if you don't believe that our nation has decided to turn away from God... Look at the policies, the procedures, and the direction of our nation right now. Look what's being voted upon. Look what's being allowed. Look what comes against anybody that says that's wrong. You are ostracized. You are taken out. And if you're some kind of organization, they, they would, if folks would have their way, probably every church would lose their 501c3 tax-exempt status. Probably. Uh, any organization. So, so, so listen to me. Let's just, I think we all could agree online as well. We are living in a wicked society. It just is. It just is. We, we've got a society now that celebrates men in drag going to libraries, reading books to little kids. We've got a society that at the Grammys last week, Sam Smith dresses up and he's like the devil and there's demonic stuff going on and Hollywood celebrates it. it listen to me, it's out of the closet. It's in broad face daylight to everybody. It's no longer in secrecy. It's out for public display. 
And if you stand against it, you're a bigot, you're a hypocrite, you're talked down, you, you will be defunded, whatever the case may be. And listen to me, it's time the people of God stand firm until the end. Right. Yeah, that's what scripture says. That's that's what we got to do. So, so listen to me. Uh, 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 even though we are in a nation that has decided to be anti-God, no matter what they say, anti-word of God, God will protect his people. We've got we've got history of Bible history of that. God protected Noah and his family, told them to build an ark. Listen to me. You need to be building an ark every day for your family, the saving of your family. You need to build an ark, right? That's what we do. God protected Abraham in a crazy society. God protected Daniel. Come on, he served three crazy, wicked kings. God helped him. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Come on, we've got history of the Bible that God was faithful to them in a crazy, wicked, dark time. God will be the same with us. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just talk about this wrath for a second. Lest you think, well, Pastor Gary, that's Old Testament. Yes, it is Old Testament. But can we find it in the New Testament? Because if it's in the New Testament, it's up in here in 2023. Right. Romans 1. Glad you asked. Romans 1. <laughs> verse 18. Romans 1, verse 18. Check it out. Come on, read, read these first verses, that first line with me. Will you do it? Come on, line as well. Come on, one, two, three, read. The wrath of God is being revealed. Not has been revealed, it is still being revealed. The wrath of God is currently being revealed. What? From heaven. Against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. The wrath of God is being revealed against all the folks that say, we are ungodly and we're going to make our ungodly agenda your agenda. We're wicked and we want to get our wickedness all up. We're not just, we're not just okay with our wickedness. We want to get now our wickedness up there in your public library. We want to get our, wick, our wickedness, not just, we want to get it, we want our wickedness to be mainstream. We just don't want to have a certain thing that we do every year that everybody's got to look at what we do. We don't want to have a certain month that everybody celebrates what we want to do. We want to have it on movies. We want to have the agenda everywhere where everybody knows what we believe. We are dark and we're going to celebrate our dark. So much so from the Grammys that it's broadcast all over the world. We want to make sure that you know we serve Satan and you should too crazy. And they suppress the truth. How? By their wickedness. Their wickedness suppresses God's truth. This is New Testament. This is New Testament. This is post-resurrection of Jesus. This is our time. Now read what Apostle Paul says in verse 24. Start right here. Therefore, since all that's going on, God gave them over. Hmm in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Hmm. Verse 26. Because of this, 
God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. Verse 26. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, they didn't think it worth to retain the knowledge of God. So what did God do? God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they ought not, so, so that they would do what they ought not to be done. God gave them over to do whatever lifestyle or sin they wanted. God just simply said, you want this? Okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Now, he uses a word here in a couple different translations, and, and here it is. God gave them over to a reprobate mind or a depraved mind. It means they no longer have the desire or ability to repent. A depraved mind or a reprobate mind, they no longer have the desire to repent or the ability to, print, to, to repent. Reprobate means that you, you've been given over to such evil that your conscience is seared. It's seared given over to the place that it's just now, this is just who I, this is just who I am. This, this is just what I do. And whatever sin, what, whatever, whatever issue, this is just what I do. It, it, you, you're completely seared. God gave them over. This is where we as a nation are at. Not where you're at, not where the church is at, but the people around us, this is where we are at. So let's go back real quick to Second Chronicles. Are we, are we doing all right, everybody? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's a little heavy, but, but come on, we got, we're going to speak the truth. Uh, um, let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 15 again. So, so how or why did we get in this mess? How, how or why did... Did, did we get in this situation in Second Chronicles that, that people didn't feel it was safe to travel, inhabitants of land in great turmoil? Uh, I mean, one nation was being crushed by another, and we found out that, that why that was going on, God was troubling them. How did we get there? How, how did they get there, and how did we get here? Well, let's read verse 3, 2 Chronicles 15, 3. Check it out what it says. I think we got it. 2 Chronicles 15, 3. I think we got it. At least we got a nice hand there. We got it? There we go. For a long time, Israel was, was without the true God and without a priest to teach and without the law. Notice these three things. For a long time, they didn't have a true God. They didn't have a priest. They didn't have a priest. Didn't have a priest to teach. And they were without the law. We see three things. This was the beginning of their downfall. This was where the error happened. Number one, write it down. They were without the true God. They were without the true God. Now, I would say in our generation, in our generation, that the North American God of pleasure is our God. Whatever you love above God is your God, is your God. And that when God becomes replaced or when you do something instead of worshiping him, 
you and I need to repent. And what we see in our nation is a nation that refuses, across the board, refuses to bow their knee. It just seems the nation keeps getting in more and more gross wickedness. We know, we, we know that darkness keeps increasing. That's what darkness does. That's what the devil's agenda is, is to do things that used to be uh, you know, uh, insidious. All of a sudden, it just keeps having more and more uh, uh, a movement and more and more acceptance. And, and pretty soon, everybody just shrugs their shoulders one day and just says, what am I going to do about it? Listen to me. Without the true God, our nation will be in disaster. Without the true God in your life, you and I personally will be in disaster. So again, if, you, if we don't have a heart that is constantly repentant towards God, we've got the opportunity or, or the trajectory of our life where God will become replaced in our life. We, we know the sower in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus teaches the parable of the sower, the four types of soil that, that Jesus comes to, and, and he tells us in, in that last, uh, last group of people where the word was working, but the word eventually got choked out, he says this, he says in the parable of the sower, he says that the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entered in and choked the word. Uh, again, Cares of this world, deceitful riches, lusts and desires for other things. Not God. I've got to have other things. I've got to have that. That's what I need. Chokes out the word of God. Listen, they had a God without a true God. They had a God, but their God was a false God. Old Testament. The, the nation, the, 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 the nation uh, you know, that we, we can't even say anymore that our nation is a Christian nation. Because it's not. <laughs> it's not. Our nation had God. We know universities, if you go back and you look at Harvard, you look at all those Ivy League schools, almost all of them started with godly Christian values. They would, pr listen, they would pray every single day. They would demand if you're going to school there, you had to pray. Prayer is the furthest thing from their minds now. They had a God, but it was a false God now. Now we know, secondly, that Jesus said, excuse me, it's written in 2 Chronicles, what the prophet wrote here is that they were, were without a priest to teach. They were without a priest to teach. <laughs> and so let me encourage you. When it comes to teaching, when it comes to us having ears to hear, we know in the book of Revelation, it says seven times to those seven churches, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So when it comes to, on a Sunday morning, when it comes to you listening to a podcast, listening to a YouTube preacher, whoever you like to, or a tape or a CD or whatever it is, listen, don't ever underestimate the power of the Word of God and the simplicity of the Word of God that you hear. Come on, everybody. Don't, uh, don't ever underestimate the power of seed. <laughs> The word is seed. If it's planted in the soil of your heart, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to cause change to happen in your life where your life can grow and be developed and be something it is not. It'll answer questions. It'll water things in your life. It'll, it'll germinate in your life. It'll produce fruit in your life beyond what you could even imagine. Listen, they were without a priest to teach. So listen, if you think or I think I don't need teaching of the word of God, I'm deceiving myself. I'm opening myself up to being led astray by the enemy. We need the Bible. Come on, somebody say amen. And so what we just simply say is that what you hear can heal your entire life. 
What you hear can heal your entire life. I'm not just talking about physical healing. It'll heal emotions. It'll heal, different, it'll heal marriages. It'll heal things in your life where there's, you're at odds with somebody else and there needs to be reconciliation. What you hear from the word of God has the power in it to change everything around your life. It's what the truth says. Man, so, so these guys were without the true God. They were without a priest to teach. They, 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 couldn't, they didn't hear the word of God. And then lastly, lastly, it tells us that they were without the law. Without the law. We just simply say, again, they were without the word of God, we, tell, we say in our, our, our time. That we know that they were without the law, out, out the, the, the moral, rect, uh, uh, 100% right of what God says to the nation of Israel. There was nobody teaching that. They, they didn't even have that, that moral compass in their life. It was gone. Where we said, uh, you know, a couple months ago, back in the fall, we taught a series about believe no lies. We talked about this word relativism. Let me give you the definition one more time. Relativism is the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exists in relation to culture, society, and historical context, and they're not absolute. So relativism says that was good then, it's not good now. God, the word, okay, over there, good, but it's not good now. It changes. It's always moving and fluctuating. This is error. This is deception. This is wickedness. This is darkness. Listen to me. Absolute truth in the nation of Israel was abandoned. And if you or I abandon absolute truth, we will be abandoned by God because we will open up our heart to being deceived. Listen, if we're going to see revival, if you're going to see God working in your life, you have to say whatever God says in his word, that is truth. Come on, that is true. Your word is true. Come on, I've hid, my, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Absolute truth, what was just given up. Now, now, now we know in the book of Judges, I think it's the very last verse in the last chapter in the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, as you remember, is that God would raise up judges before you know, to, to bring, before prophets to bring the nation of Israel back to God. But as soon as that judge died, they'd go swinging back and going doing something crazy again. But God had raised up another judge. And it says this, the last verse in, in, in the book of Judges, it says this, there was no king, no leader, no leader in the land, and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Everybody had their own sense. I'm right, you're wrong, you got to listen to me. <laughs> My way is just as good as your way, so you got to accept me. And we're not saying that we don't accept anybody, but it's just saying if you're telling me what you believe is truth and it's against the Word of God, I'm sticking with the Word of God. I'm just sticking with the Word of God. This is a condition that we find America right now. This is a condition that we find in schools right now, in homes right now. And if we're not careful and we don't stand firm until the end, We've got an opportunity, sad to say, to be swayed. I'm amazed that the people, so many, again, in the last three years, that have been shaken off their foundation of the truth of the Word of God. You don't have to be. You have a firm foundation. We talked about the first of the year. You have a rock. Come on, everybody. You have a solid foundation, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody? Amen. Yeah.
But thank God, we're not going to leave you hopeless, because thank God there's great hope in the Scripture. So, so this was what was going on. They were without, they were without, uh, without the true God, without a priest to teach, without the law. But check out what it says in, in, in verse 4, 2 Chronicles 15, 4. It says, but in their distress, listen to me. Here's what I pray. Lord, give our nation some more distress. If they won't turn yet, stress them up, Lord. But in their distress, check it out. They did three things. They turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and they sought him, and he was found by them. Can somebody say amen? amen. In their unrest, in their adversity, their distress, they turned to the Lord. Again, that pendulum swinging. I, I believe the pendulum of our nation and people can swing again. Come on, that's my hope. That's my hope. We're not living hopeless. So number one, talk about it. They turned to the Lord. They just turned to the Lord. They turned to the Lord. Now everybody's probably heard, maybe you haven't heard, Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a great, uh, you know, of course started the, the Lutheran church. And, and, and during the time with Catholicism and all, he said, man, what's going on now in the city, you know, in the nation, Germany and all, it's just against God. That's not, the, that's not the, the purpose of God. You guys have missed the boat on this. And so he said, he, he wrote those 95 theses, those 95 edicts against what was going on and what the word of God says, nails it to the church door. And, you know, he's persecuted for it. But his very first thesis was this. When our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, said, repent, he willed that the entire life of believers be one of repentance. That was the first thing that he wrote. It, repentance isn't a one and done thing. Repentance isn't something that you do when you make Jesus Christ the Lord, uh, Lord of your life and you never do again. No, repentance is something that you do every single day if you need it every single day. I missed it, Lord God. I said something. I did something. I acted wrong. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving wrong. I, I repent. I changed my mind. I changed my direction. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I, I'm not here on my own. I'm not, I'm not trying to be my own God. Lord, when I, seek, when I seek you and I seek you with all my heart, I turn towards you. So, so again, Martin Luther is saying, listen, repentance isn't something you do at an altar and never do again. This is, the, this is willed to be the entire life of the church, of the believer, is to be a life of repentance. Come on, somebody help me up here. Yeah. Uh, look what Hebrews chapter 12 says in verse 25. Hebrews 12, 25. Check it out. Let's read several verses here. So again, this is New Testament. So, so the writer says this, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen. That's interesting. To the one who is speaking. It's God. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen. Notice that again. Refused to listen. To Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. God's speaking to heaven. He's speaking to us in the word of God. We've got his word. If, if, if they weren't safe per se, come on everybody. The church isn't. <laughs> we got to keep hearing the word of God. Look at verse 26. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, that's over the Old Testament Moses, his voice shook the earth. Remember, the whole mountain shook. And the people were afraid and said, I, I ain't going up there. Moses, you go up there. But now he makes another promise. God makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. Now, now, now can I say this? I believe we could be. I, I, I could say that. Or let me say it. I don't even believe. Let me say it this way. We could be. We could be in the beginnings of all this shaking. All this shaking. Could be. Listen. And God's the one shaking. God troubled them. 
because of what's going on. Read verse 27. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. We know new heavens, new earth. So that only unshakable things will remain. Come on, keep reading. Since we are receiving a kingdom that's unshakable. How many glad for that? Come on, everybody. We got a kingdom that's unshakable. Let us be thankful. Wow. And please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. We did that this morning. Don't let it be a Sunday thing. Every day, just, Father, I worship you. I magnify you. Why? Because our God, he, listen, to, let, me, let me read it this way. For our God is still a devouring, consuming fire. He still is. He still is. He's not to be messed with. He's not to be toyed with. He's not to be taken lightly. His goodness and his mercy isn't just to just be received in vain, if you will. So it says, they turned to the Lord. They turned to the Lord. And they sought him. Come on, everybody. They sought him. They sought him. We, when during prayer and fasting, during 21 days, we were seeking God, fasting, seeking God. God, I need you. Listen, don't let that just be a January thing. Let it be a February thing. Let it be a March thing. Let it be an April thing. Let it be, come on, let it be a November thing. That your heart just is turned and you keep seeking God. You humble yourself. You bow your knee. You let him lift you up. You get rid of pride and ego. And I, I'm not here because of me and my, my education. I did, not because I, I've networked great. And you're, no, 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 no. I'm here. And what you bless me because of just your goodness in my life. I want to seek you with all my heart. A.T. Uh, uh, Pearson said this, there's never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that didn't begin in united prayer. Never. There's never been a revival, never been anything where people didn't get together and say, we got to pray. we got to seek God. We need God. We need God in our life. So God will begin working in our life. We talked about this in the book of Hosea, where Hosea says, plow up the ground of your heart. Plow up the fallow ground of your heart. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Now is continual. You sought him yesterday, great. Seek him again tomorrow and the, and the next day. Now's the time to seek the Lord. <laughs> so it tells us that they turned to the Lord. They sought the Lord. Lastly, he was just simply found by him. Wow, what, what a great, uh, just so easy. They, they, they turned to the Lord. H how easy is it to turn? It's super easy. I just changed my mind, changed my direction. I'm tired of this. I don't, I don't want to be surrounded by the darkness. I don't want to be involved in this. And, but we know the, the, the challenge for those who have had a reprobate mind or a depraved mind that now they can't feel the touch of God any longer. They can't feel it. They, can't, they, 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 they don't sense it any longer. People do what they wouldn't imagine them doing maybe years ago. But it says here, they were found. Revival happened, awakening happened, salvations, people being filled with the Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles. They were found by Him. So let, let me leave you with this. Is that what, 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 what should be our response? And if you're in the room or online as well, what should be our response to those who are away from God or need reviving? If you're in the room, you're away from God. You need revival. What, what should our response be? Hold the big sign out. Repent. You're going to hell. Turn or burn. I, I, I don't think that. Although th there's truth there, I don't think that. I think what Jude wrote, who was, a, who was a prophet in the New Testament, 
And he wrote in his book, read it with me, Jude verse 22 and 23. Jude wrote this, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by their corrupted flesh. Man, he pretty much lays it out right here to us about what we need to be doing with the people around us. And if you're in the room, listen, and you're dealing with something, we're not a church to point out anybody else's sin because everybody in the room understands we all got our own issues. We've got our stuff we're working through. So the scripture says, in us being used by God to be an agent of change for somebody else and reviving them, he says, number one, across the board, be merciful. And the church has not been known to be merciful or compassionate against all kinds of people. It's been known to be judgmental, critical, inflammatory with their speech. James says, or excuse me, Jude says, you need to be merciful. Not one size fits all either. He says, you need to be merciful to some who doubt. And, and there's others, I like the word, he says, he says, you need to snatch them from fire. You got some people in your life that you have an open door with them that know you in a way that maybe you know them better than others. He says, you need to snatch, you need to grab them by the back of the neck and you need to snatch them. You need to tell them, you need to wake up. You're, you're, you're going the wrong way. You're doing the wrong thing. Come on, how many, how many times are you going to go back into the pig pen? You, you got to snatch them. But, but that's where we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know what to do with the people around us. Again, it's not one size fits all. So I just say this, leave us with this thought this morning. We need to hate sin, but we need to love sinners. This is, a, this is, a, this is the stance of the church. <laughs> tender for sinners, tender on sinners, but not soft on sin. We know what the word says. We know the progression, the error that it will lead to. But our heart is full of compassion and mercy for the people that have been affected by lifestyle choices. And again, we're not ones to cast stones because if Jesus could have done that, he would have done that with a woman caught in adultery. He was the perfect one, he didn't even do it. So it gives us no right. We gotta throw down our stones and open up our arms. But when it comes to the truth, we have to stand on the side of truth. And truth is tough in our generation. Truth doesn't want to be heard in our generation. But listen to me. Let's be people that pray and believe God that we can lovingly, mercifully, and compassionately speak the truth in love that will open up the hearts of people all around us. Amen, everybody. And let people know we're here for you. We, we, we want to help you. We want to we, we want to we see that you get out of the situation that you're in. Let us be the people 
of revival so it will spread to other people. Amen, everybody. Come on, stand up with me. Would you do it? Father, that's our prayer today. All over the room, we know people that are away from you. We know people that their lives and their lifestyles have been affected by all kinds of negative and bad choices. Father, we ask you that we would, we would have a heart of mercy and compassion for people around us. Father, we know that people have turned away from the faith. We know that people are betraying each other, hating each other, and even being deceived. Father God, I pray that you give us a word in season that would be used to bless and lead people out of current situations that they find themselves in, out of the darkness and into the light. Father, we know from Scripture, we see this, that you were troubling them, that you're shaking things right now. Father, I pray for us as a church of Jesus Christ that when things around us are shaking, that we have a rock, a solid rock called Jesus Christ. Let us run to the rock that's higher than I. Father, we pray it for our lives. We pray it for our families, our children, our grandchildren. We pray it for our friends around us, the people in our realm of influence. Use us even this week to minister life to the people you bring across our path. Give us a word in season, oh God, that'll open their heart, open their eyes, open their mind again to your love and to your compassion and to your grace and mercy. Father, that's what we pray today in Jesus' name. Come on, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're in the room and you say, that's me. Man, I need reviving. I once knew God, but I, I'm, just, I'm just away. Come on, all of the room, don't be ashamed. Come on, one count to three, just lift up your hand and say, I wanna, that's me, just pray for me. Pray for me. We're going to say a prayer, you, and God's going God's to come minister to you in your heart, in, in the secret place inside your life, and his word's going to come alive to you again. I believe with all my heart. Come on, all of the room, one, two, three, lift your hand. All of the room, I want God. I need God. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for those hands. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for your boldness, you three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, pray this with me, you three. We're all going to pray it out loud. You won't be alone praying. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in my heart. I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, amen, 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 amen. Come on, we celebrate that decision right now that you made. Come on, everybody. Heaven's rejoicing. Come on.